This is Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. Join me, my husband Mark of Real Clear Investigations, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod President Matt Harrison, and others for the 2023 Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in Chicago. Issuesetc.org.
Canticle 931. The verses are sung responsibly between the choir and the congregation.
reading from Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearly beloved, you are the redeemed, purchased by the blood of Christ. You have been adopted as God's children, and he is truly your Father. He promises to love you, but he does not guarantee that everything will be pleasant. Things still go badly. Christians still suffer. It can be disappointing to new converts when they find out that the Christian life is not all roses and honey. They learn the truth of the Lord's words. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The cross and pain are part of the Christian life, part of what the Father imposes upon his children. But today's text tells us that the cross is not just something that we have to suffer, it's actually for our good. And so it goes also for parents. The parent's job is in part to apply pain to their children wisely for the children's good. Solomon says in Proverbs 3, 11, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. 
The word discipline here in the Hebrew could be translated chastisement, that is, a physical striking with pain. Then in verse 12, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. There, the word reproves can also be translated chasten, a painful punishment, which is how it is understood in Hebrews 12. It's a reproof or correction that often will bring pain of some sort into a wayward child's life. Yet even to mention this idea, so traditional and biblical as it is, provokes strong reactions in the world. People call it child abuse if a small amount of pain is applied to a child for his good. Dr. Benjamin Spock in the mid-20th century popularized the idea that all parenting must be nonviolent. And a current popular book on parenting called No Drama Parenting does not even allow for timeouts, which is a, a time of isolation for bad behavior. The world's attitude is that original sin does not exist, and children are never really arrogant, malicious, or sinful. Those of us who have spent some time with children know better. But really, why should pain be seen so negatively? Athletes embrace pain in order to improve. No pain, no gain. Surgeries and medicine often must give pain in order to restore health. Touch a hot pot and it's pain that makes you jerk your hand back, preventing you from a serious burn. A little pain now, wisely applied, is a good investment to prevent greater pain, vice, and sin later on. In any case, I think that the Lord God is a better child psychologist than they are. Hebrews 12:8 says, If you are left without chastening, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. For the moment, all chastening seems painful rather than pleasant. And as Solomon says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And for you future pastors, St. Paul says, if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Now this must be done wisely and lovingly. Discipline is wise when it is applied sparingly and in accordance with the child's temperament. And when the pain is short, as Hebrews 12:11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. Then discipline is loving when it is motivated by the kind of love that wants the long-term good of the child and is motivated by concern, not anger. It has the good of the child in mind because discipline removes folly, promotes wisdom, and makes the child a pleasant person, giving rest and delight to the whole family, church, and society. So the parents' job, in part, is to apply pain to their children wisely for their good. So also, when God applies pain 
and crosses to you, it means that he really is your father. The Lord reproves him whom he loves. Now many charismatics and Lutherans who are influenced by charismatics do not understand this. They have a hard time with the doctrine of the cross. If the congregation is not growing, it must not have the spirit, they think. If someone encounters difficulties, he must not have God's favor. And yet, the mystery of the cross is that life comes after death. And as Christ said to St. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Like an earthly father, God uses crosses to get people's attention, to stop arrogance, and to return them to his church. Pastors and other church workers know that sometimes the only thing that will lead a hard-hearted, non-repentant sinner to repent is cross, pain, and calamity. For example, your brother does not care about Christ and his church, and he will not listen to you talking about your faith. But when his wife leaves him and breaks his heart, when he's in pain in the hospital or loses his job, well, maybe then he will listen. How many times did Israel turn away and worship the Baals, and God responded by sending foreign armies to kill and pillage? But when they were oppressed, they remembered the Lord, repented, and prayed to him, and then he sent judges to liberate them. So the cross in your life is his fatherly rod meant for your good. The cross he puts on you is painful, but it is from love and it has excellent effects. Hebrews 12 puts it this way, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Sharing his holiness and having the fruit of righteousness, those are excellent effects. The cross leads us to repent of our stubbornness, arrogance, pride, and self-centeredness, so that with repentant hearts, we can receive the grace of God. Therefore, crosses in your life do not mean that God is your enemy. You have his baptism, his gospel, his absolution, his supper. And these tell you that your father is God, that God is your father. He forgives and loves you. So believe these. And believing these, then, you can see the crosses as his fatherly rod. And yet... There's more than just crosses. There are also temporal promises, despite the exception of the cross. God does not only send crosses. Most of the time, he sends blessing upon blessing. Temporal promises, more than we can imagine. Daily bread and all that we need for the support and needs of this body and life. He has promised these things to us on the condition that we use his gifts aright and obey his commands. These are his temporal promises, which he gives, even if our obedience is not perfect. 
Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the first command with promise, a temporal promise. And in our text for today, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Those are temporal promises and they are found throughout the scriptures and you should believe them. My dearly beloved students and colleagues, you should believe them. They are, there are crosses in life, that's true. But God has still given you these temporal promises and he wants them to be believed and received. You should believe every promise of God, whether it is eternal or temporal, of the gospel or of the law. And so when you, trusting in God's mercy, strive to bring up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, when your children honor their father and their mother, when you honor the Lord with your wealth, then in faith you can expect that God will fulfill his promises. Very often you will have delight from your children. Very often they will live long on the earth. Very often your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Yet there will be exceptions, the exception of the Holy Cross, when it seems right for God to apply his fatherly rod instead. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. Amen.
let us pray. You make the minds of your faithful to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Make your people always to grow in love toward you, their Father in heaven, and train them to do holy works. Pour your gifts on them, that they may walk before you and be pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Amen. 